Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Good to have you guys here today. I know there's a ton of people traveling and a lot of fun summer stuff going on. Um, I survived Cuba. I survived. Those of you who don't know, Nicole went to Cuba. I did not. I survived Nicole being in Cuba and me being with four little girls for seven days. It was awesome. My personal highlight is thank you those who stayed after church last week to help remove the chairs and the couple groups that helped out to uh, put all the chairs back together on Wednesday night. We had our carpets clean, so let's give everybody who helped a hand. It was funny, putting these chairs back together was actually way harder than I remember six years ago. Um, we've cleaned carpets in aisleways and we kind of move them to the side, but we put them all on the stage, the balcony were all moved away, and uh, so it was a lot harder. So we don't care if you drink coffee in here, just get it into your mouth. <laughs> we realized when we, when we moved all the chairs, we're like, wow, that's a church that loves coffee. Look at all of those spills. They love it so much, they just dump it on the ground. But uh, it was fun. So as I was leaving church, I saw that all the chairs were like gone. I was like, hmm, Nicole's away. These little kids are going to play. We could have tag. There could be Nerf Wars. Like, it was open auditorium. That means open ideas. So we went home. We ate lunch. And then we gathered sleeping bags and air mattresses and books and all kinds of things. And we came here. We got the little jumpy out. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you. My kids got the benefit from being pastor's kids that night. We ordered pizza in, we had junk food, we stayed up till 1 a.m. watching movies on the big screen, and, uh, and then we had to be out by 8.30 a.m. because the carpet cleaners were coming at 9, and uh, it was so much fun. The girls loved it, but here's the deal. We, we declared a few years ago that our kids would benefit from the positions and the places we are in the kingdom. And um, I grew up kind of resenting the church, resenting God uh, for oftentimes what I felt was stealing my dad away. So we wanted to create fun times. So oftentimes we'll come here, play hide and go seek in the church. Sometimes we'll come, we'll just let the girls sing and worship. And, and Evelyn, she loves preaching the gospel. Evelyn Josiah means bringing forth, and Josiah means the fire of God. And she will get up here, and she will just get on that microphone. She's like, and thus saith the Lord, Jesus says, you must be saved. And I'm like, bring it, girl, bring it. So oftentimes, we let our kids do that, and uh, so this was just a fun thing. They come in, they dump their sleeping bags on the floor, and then all of a sudden, I heard one of them say, I love our church. We have the best church ever. And I'm like, wait a second, this was my idea. This was my, but I want them growing up thinking church is awesome. Church is fun. Church is a wonderful place to encounter the presence, the joy, the love of Jesus, and just be with him. So I was thankful he got the credit on that one in his church and his beautiful bride. So we had fun. We survived. And, uh, and I'm just so thankful my wife is back. <sighs> it was like a three-day stretch. I didn't hear from her. 
So I start like looking at Cuban news. I was like, I should have probably heard from her by now. Like, is everything okay in Cuba? Like, there's not major incidents going on. But she actually got to be a part of a historical event. The first day they were there, they were at a hotel, and the new president of Cuba was meeting. She, she's on the FaceTime with me. She's like, there's something big going on here. There's like, must be a wedding or something. And what ended up happening is the moment she was there in the lobby, the president of Cuba was meeting the new president from India. It's just prestigious event going on. So it was historic and obviously a lot of prophetic things with that. But, but I just know this. My wife was there, so royalty was already in the house. So glad she's back. And, uh, man, we're, we're so honored to have some good friends with us. You guys have heard us brag about what's going on in Charleston, South Carolina. A lot of you have heard us tell about the story and how that all happened. Tony and Jessica are back with us from Charleston. So they were visiting family this week and some other things. And uh, so we're going to bless them before they leave today. They're going to spend the afternoon with us, and they're going to head back to Cincinnati, Kentucky area to visit family, and then back to Charleston tomorrow. So we're honored you're here. We love you guys. We're excited for what we're all a part of in Charleston. We're there with you. So anyway, last week we kicked off a series called Summer Vibes, all right? And uh, as you can tell, it's really eventful, very fun, very colorful, and my daughters helped me um, and helped a few of us set up all of this. So this is just kind of, this just looks like our family. It does. It just looks like the Simmons family. So, so anyway, uh, and I have a special, I love pineapples. Some of you may know that. And uh, so we just went with the theme. And uh, so here's the deal. The thing with uh, Summer Vibes is this. Let me read a verse and we'll just recap last week. If you missed it, you can catch the full version on Vimeo, podcast, YouTube, whatever. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's read Psalm 74, 15 through 17. This is kind of the theme for the next few weeks. And it's simply this. It was you who opened up springs and streams. You dried up ever-flowing rivers. The day is yours, and you're also the night. You established the sun and the moon. It is, it is you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Thank you, Jesus. He made summer and not just winter. <laughs> so last week I said I literally felt like in Ohio last season that uh, hell was almost going to freeze over. It was terrible. Uh, but summer's fun. It's, it, so let me just recap a few things about summer and, and what it is. It is defined as, as a couple things. One is the season between spring and autumn. It's the season that informally starts with a holiday and ends with a holiday. And as you know, this week we're celebrating Independence Day. Come on, guys. You know I coordinate my clothes, red, white, and blue, and I had to do the USA socks today. But it is a, it is a time between seasons. And, and the, the seas, if you're thinking agriculture, we talked about fruit and bearing fruit and being fruitful and multiplying. We talked about how in the spring, the farmers work so hard to, to get their equipment ready in the winter. In the spring, they're planting the crops. Then at the end of spring, they're spraying for the weeds as they start to spring up and the seeds begin to form and grow into stalks and all these things. Then summer is this resting period. It's where the fruit is growing. It's where it's gaining its flavor. It's gaining its nutrition and it's growing up so that in the fall, we can harvest it. So we talked about the transition of seasons and we talked about in summer, it's, it's this amazing time that we can have adventure and rest and, and memories and, and summer loves and, and all these different things with summer. And, and, and I talked about the rest of summer and, and, and how it's not just a three-month season. It's, these are the seasons of life. It's not just these three months. It's not about getting to the end or getting to the goal of, of our kids getting through school and graduating or getting them married or getting them out of the house or, or whatever. It's enjoying the process. And that's, that's where, where we are right now. It's like we get to enjoy the process. Salvation isn't just about getting to heaven. It's also enjoying the means of life abundant here on earth now. 
So, so part of that is even in creation, God, after on the seventh day, he rested. And it said he enjoyed, he was happy, he was pleased with his finished work. So here he is on his seventh day resting, admiring his finished work. So on his last day of creation, he's resting. It's our first day of existence. We get to come into existence in rest. We get to come into our first day of existence learning rest and in being in admiration with him about his beautiful creation. And there's all these different things that we talked about last week. So, so recapping is, is also the fruitfulness. And, and as we're squeezed with the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, as we're squeezed and even when bad things are happening, what's popping out? Is it, is it anger and bitterness and hot-headedness and, and telling that person off in front of us through the, through the windshield and pointing and flailing and maybe even doing inappropriate things we shouldn't be doing as Christians? No, when we're squeezed, it should be like, man, we bless you. We love you. Pop, here's a fruit of joy coming out. Here's a fruit of peace coming out, of kindness and gentleness. Listen, that's the fruits of the Spirit. So in good times and when we're squeezed, that should be coming out when we're full of the Holy Spirit. Those are the effects of the Holy Spirit. So I want to dive just a little deeper in the Holy Spirit today and, and what that is. And uh, so Nicole and I, we, we took um, a ministry trip in St. Lucia at the end of April. I know, somebody has to suffer for the cross. I get it, all right? It might as well be us. So we go to our church down in St. Lucia, and um, we spend about three or four days, three days or so doing ministry, and then we decided to do three days at an all-inclusive and uh, I've always wanted to do these, these little catamaran sailboats. Anybody ever, ever do one of those or want to? Like, look at that. Like, oh, wow, that looks so fun. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to do that. So yesterday, um, I, or this week, I was researching what we're going to do on our vacation. I saw there's a place that rents those. I was like, oh, Nicole. And then, boom, it just came into my heart what I was going to speak on today. So we're there at our all-inclusive, and, and we're, I'm looking at these sailboats. And every morning, I go there when they open at 10 a.m., and I'm like, I'm going to sign up. I want one of those catamarans. And the first day before I sign up, he's like, well, are you experienced? Yes, I'm experienced. I'm an experienced dad, firefighter. I'm experienced at a lot of things. He never asked me if I was an experienced sailor. Yes, I'm experienced. So anyways, the, the day was full. They already had everybody sign up. And I'm talking Nicole into this. And she's like, have you ever done this? Oh, I've been on tons of boats. Baby, we used to own a boat. It can't be that hard. So, so she's kind of thinking that I have some experience as well. And uh, I was kind of stretching that truth a little bit. And uh, anyway, day two, full again. I'm like, oh, I want one of those sailboats. Day three, full again. I was like, how are these people signing up? They only open at 10 o'clock. They must have been going the night before. It takes me a little to catch on sometimes. <laughs> So anyway, I, I get to the guy, I was like, listen, this is our last day here, we need to leave. And he's like, all right, you come see me at 3.30, we'll extend it, we'll all stay a little time. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll throw him some tips and we'll, we'll be good. So I go back at 3.30 and, and he's like, the other guy had promised a guy from Australia the same exact thing. I'm like, ah. Oh. He's like, ah, oh, sorry, I already promised him. I was like, yeah, but that guy there promised me. And uh, so then he's like, well, you can talk to him. So I go to talk to him. He's like, well, we, us three can go. So I go ask Nicole. I'm like, hey, is it cool if, like, the three of us go out on the catamaran? And Nicole's like, no. If he's going, I'm not going. You two can go. I was like, I'm not going with him. So, so anyway, I talked to him. I was like, well, give me a 20, right? Sometimes money talks, all right? Let's just not deny that. So I was like, give me a 20. So I go up to him. I was like, hey, my, my wife, we just kind of want it to be us. It's our last day here. Here, would you take 20 bucks? Is this your last day here? And he's like, no, I'm here for a few more days. You guys just go enjoy, enjoy your time together. 
I was like, oh, man, thank you so much. Here, take 20 for your time and your inconvenience. He's like, I don't want your money. Just go have fun. I was like, oh, okay. So here's the picture of us. We get out there, and, uh, and, and, and it's like, yeah, that's really fun. We're, we're going with the wind. It's really good. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm like, this is easy, though. Like, we're making wake behind us. We're like, this is easy. And I, we wanted to go see the Sandals Resort that just built these bungalows on the water that they've been advertising everywhere on social media. I'm like, let's go look at them. So I'm dodging other sailboats that are anchored there, like the big, massive yachts. We're going around them. Wind's back at our back. We're good, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, how are we going to get back? That wind's going the opposite way. I'm like, huh. And then all of a sudden, I realized, like, that rope that I'd been pulling and, like, maneuvering the sail with was locked. And I couldn't get the sail to move the other way. I'm like, oh, wait, how do I do this? And I had to figure out the lock. And then uh, here's the video that happens. We'll dim the lights here and show you a video. And we are on a sailboat. We have not done this ever in life. But we've actually managed to do this very well in a very quick amount of time. We are having a lot of fun. Yay! Got this. And Nothing happened. We did it. I figured that bad lad out. That's right. Probably one of the funnest things we've ever done in our life. They only gave us a half hour. We had to get all the way there, all the way back, and, like, we are making good time. And uh, so, anyways, just maneuver with some mechanics and some physics, and when you push your sail a little different. And, and, and here's the thing, and here's where I'm getting at today. It, it's, it's a message on sailing, and it's a message that, honestly, the boat itself means nothing if we didn't have the wind. Now, now, now listen, and I'm going to get some here with this. The, the, the thing is, that boat would just sit in the water if there was no wind. If the wind had died, it would have been useless. The rubber band that's sitting in your drawer is not serving its purpose if it's not stretched around something, or the paper clip, or the bungee cord. Like, they're meant to do something. You are meant to do something. You're meant to go. You're meant to have purpose. You're meant to go with and sometimes even against the wind. Let me, let me get here in the Word because there's a thing and there's a parallel between the wind and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so turn with me to Zechariah 4.6. If we look in the Word, and we'll get there just a little later, but just, just to give you, give you a clue on this, many times in the Bible when it's talking about the wind or the breath of God, it's interchangeable with the Spirit, okay? So as we're reading into this and we're looking in symbolism that the wind is the Holy Spirit, it's the wind that fills your cell to propel you and push you to go to your destiny, to go to what your existence was truly meant for, and to fill you up so that you're going in accordance with him. Amen. So Zechariah says this, it says in verse 6, 4, 6, Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel, It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Listen, if I had jumped off that catamaran and just started pedaling, I would not get anywhere. Not by my might, not by my force, not by my thinking, not by my ability, but when the wind began to push us, we began to fly across that bay and be able to come back. Listen, it is not by our wisdom. It's not by our strength. It's not by my good preaching that your hearts are turned. There's a spirit realm that happens when I lean into what the Lord wants to say in here, and then all of a sudden your spirit grabs on to what his spirit's wanting to do. 
It's not my persuasive words, right? It's not my wisdom, but it's by God. It's by the, the, the boldness proclaiming the gospel. So all of a sudden, his wind fills your cells, and he pushes you where you, he wants you to go. All we have to do is just throw up the sail. Melissa Helser sings this song, Let Me Catch the Wind. I'm, 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 what is the song, what is the words? I'm strong, I'm full of life, I'm steadfast, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Enough of that. I'm going to catch the wind. I'm going to catch the wind is what it says. How amazing is that, that I didn't have to work in that. I just had to figure out where the Lord was maneuvering, where the wind was taking me. And then all of a sudden, even when it was against the grain, even when there was hard times that came and there's boats zipping in front of us and, and all these things, all, of, all I had to do was just adjust my sail a little bit, just loosen up that rope a little bit and turn it the other way. And then boom, the wind pushes me where we're supposed to go. Let, let, me, let me carry on here. Luke 24, 49 says this. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. Listen, the power only comes from God. The power only comes from the Holy Spirit. I don't have power. I don't have the ability. I don't have the knowledge to lead a church in, of, in, in myself or even in all of our leadership. It's not, listen, this was not my dad's idea to start a church. It was not my mom and dad's idea to plant a church in Tip City. It was the Lord's idea. They simply threw up their sail and said, if this is your plan, make it work. It's the same thing where we are now. And, and I remember, and I talk about this often, but I remember coming to this breaking point a couple, first couple years into Nicole and I uh, being the senior pastors here. And I remember thinking, like having some financial stress here and having some, some growth. We had some people leave the church and, and, and basically through the transition, the adjustment of, of me being super weird kind of crazy, and a lot of new stuff. Some people just didn't like it. We cool with that. So anyway, all of a sudden, I remember coming to this breaking point, like stressed out and burdened and carrying this heavy burden on my shoulders. And I remember sitting in the hot tub with Nicole that night, and I was like, I stood up, and I was like, listen, this wasn't our idea to pastor. This wasn't my idea to even be a Christian, let alone a minister or a pastor. Like, this is the Lord's idea. If he wants upper room to sustain, and if he wants upper room to grow, and if he wants upper room to still exist, then he needs to provide the resources, the people, the wisdom, the strategy, the leadership. It's not me. I can't do this. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I remember just saying that. And it was like these, one of these moments where I could visually see myself just laying it down at the feet of Jesus. Listen, it's not by our might, not by our strength, not by our crafty words or our programs or our processes or our nice building. It's simply the presence of Jesus. And if the presence isn't here and we can do what we do and we can have this worship set and we can, we can have this, this great message without the presence, then I don't want it. If I can't feel the tangible presence of Jesus, if, if we pull him out and it still feels the same, then something's dead wrong. Because it's probably dead anyway. So, so, so we get into this, and, and now we're, we're in Luke, and, and Jesus is saying, now listen, I have to leave you, but somebody, something's coming greater than me. The Holy Spirit's going to be poured out, so go and wait for this, and you're going to receive power. So now we get to Acts 1.8, and, and if you remember back to the prophet Joel too, he's promising the Holy Spirit to be poured out. And they re-reference that in Acts saying the prophet Joel says, and as we remember, that my, my spirit will be poured out on what? All flesh. 
Everybody's going to prophesy. There's going to be visions and dreams. So here we are in verse 1-8. But you will receive power when Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now listen. You can be saved without the infilling of the all fold up and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Salvation is for you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody else around you. There's something, there's a difference there of, of being born again of the water and of the Spirit. So, so and we'll, we'll reference that later, but here's the deal. You go from having a screwdriver to a power drill. How, how many like, uh, how many guys in here have, or ladies, have roofed some buildings, roofed, done some shingles in their day? Would you rather use a hammer or the nail gun? Yep, nail gun. So the power, when you're totally filled up with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden you have this power and everything that comes out of you is good. And we go through the word and we look in Acts 4 and it's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10 talks about the signs and the wonders and the miracles from the, the Holy Spirit. It talks about boldness. If we go to Ephesians, it's talking about all these. And we go to Galatians and it's talking about the power, the boldness, even the prophecy from the Holy Spirit. So these, these things, as we get filled up, and I'm not talking just like, all right, I feel good at church, and I'm drained again Monday. I'm talking about an infilling that is constant from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, that the only thing that I can leak out is God's goodness. It's an overflow infilling. Listen, it talks about an infilling because it's a constant filling up and being overflowed with his goodness and his presence, his Holy Spirit. We can't live on yesterday's bread. Fresh manna is here every day. If we think back to when the Israelites were going into the promised land, they, it was fresh bread daily. Don't even save the leftovers because there's enough to go around. We can't live off of yesterday's experiences, yesterday's encounters, yesterday's history. If our history is greater than our dreams, then we're already dead. Let that marinate a little bit. Well, back in the good old days, you know, I remember when we were in this church, and I remember when I was a child, we sang these hymns. That's great. That's your history. We can't forsake that. We keep that in the rearview mirror. But guess what? He's got a new song. He's bringing a new song to the room. He's bringing a new song to your life. There's a fresh experience waiting to be poured out in your heart. There's a freshness. There's a fresh fire being poured out every day. Every time we worship, we get to see a new facet of who Jesus is. There's a freshness. He's making all things new. He's making us new creatures in Christ. That's the fresh infilling every day, every encounter, every moment in his presence is a fresh infilling. It's the power of God that becomes a spirit living upon us. Now, now let, me, let me carry on here. In, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I love the, the team, the worship leaders. They kind of joined up today to do a set together. Coming fresh off of Austin. And their shirts say, until every nation sings his praise. Till every nation sings. Till every nation sings. That's one of Rick Pino's hearts is until every nation sings, until every nation proclaims the name of Jesus. Till every nation encounters who he really is. Until every nation is saved to sing and edify the Lord in worship. So this is saying in all the parts, throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, listen, until we understand, until everybody locally, nationally, and internationally, that's what that's saying. Listen, I'm giving you power. It's going to be poured out. So you can go out on your commission, on your great commission to go in your assignment, filled up with his power to go locally, nationally, and internationally, whatever those assignments might be. 
Some of you, that might simply be that you are a stay-at-home mom pouring into the most best disciples that you'll ever raise in your life, and then you get a voice on Facebook, or you get a voice at the grocery store. Listen, don't downplay the significance that God has put in your life. Maybe you work, maybe you're influencing a classroom or a hospital or, or a business. Or listen, it, it, we, we can't downplay every single role, position, and authority and, and, and what God has given you to steward to pour out his spirit. Let, let, me, let me carry on. I'm getting really carried away with passion here. All right, Acts 2, 1 through 4 says this. On the day of Pentecost, so here they took his instructions. They're waiting for the promise for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. God says, listen, Jesus says, I have to leave, but somebody who's, who's coming who's greater than me is going to fill you with power. He's the Holy Spirit's going to comfort and guide you. So here they are in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. A rushing, mighty wind blew through that place. And it says, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of their heads. Why? Because that's the hardest place that God has to penetrate. Our thinking, our stinking thinking. Listen, it's easy to get to our heart. It's easy for me to reach your heart. It's harder for the Lord to reach your mind. So these tongues of fire rested. And then it says this. It says, after that, it says, then what looked like tongues of fire appeared on and settled them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Listen, this is this amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit that came with fire. It came with signs and wonders. It came with a thing that was even unexplainable that every tongue and tribe there understood what was going on. Listen, there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit and there was an infilling of the Holy Spirit in a radical realm that came with a freight train of a mighty rushing wind similar to a tornado that ripped through that upper room. The wind always represents the Holy Spirit. Let, let, me, let me get here for you. And it's not the wind that takes you off course. It's not the wind in the storm that's blowing to and fro and where you gotta remain steadfast. It's the wind of the Holy Spirit. We got, to, we got to differentiate between the difference between the wind of the storm trying to take us off course and the wind of heaven blowing us on course. So there's power in the wind. There's power in the breath of God. There's power in this Holy Spirit that blows us and commissions us to go, not just for ourselves, but for everybody around us. Let me, let me go to this verse, John 3, 5 through 8. You liking this preaching today? I find it interesting that so many people who haven't experienced some of these things and the signs and the wonders and healings and miracles and, and prophecy, and, and honestly, it could be because hypocrites gave it a bad name. It could be that manipulation or self-filled agendas uh, perverted some of this. But I, I've learned this through my experiences and my encounters in his presence and, and the experience I had with the infilling of the Holy Spirit that I don't doubt anything anymore if it's in the word. I may not even be comfortable with some of it. Like, if you remember this experience, at one point, they said, are these people drunk? They're like, no, it's nine in the morning. They're not drunk. They're drunk on the new wine. It's the Holy Spirit, and they're filled up with the power of the Holy Ghost. Like, it might look weird. It might look a little uncomfortable. We come in here, we hear you shouting and yelling during worship. We're talking about all this stuff. Like, it might not be comfortable for me, but I'm not questioning what it might look like to the hearts of man to God. Like, he has this ability to reach us even when we want to be unreached. 
I was one of those people. I didn't even believe in God. And then all of a sudden, an encounter, an infilling of the Holy Ghost came into my life. And he shattered everything in my heart, everything in my mind, every bit of my theology against God, against the signs and wonders. And then, boom, I'm a new man in Christ. So John 3, 5 through 8 says this, Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Kind of remember, reminds me of what Nicole was talking about. Sowing in the spirit or sowing in the flesh. So it says in the flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. Everybody say that, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone who is born of the Spirit. So, so listen, my, my kids and I, I'm not going to deny this. We were in the McDonald's drive through line this past week. We didn't have to say three times, but it may have been three times. So I'm, I'm sitting there. And the kids are asking, like, how do, we, how do we know the things of Jesus are real if we can't always see Jesus? And I use this example. I said, you don't know the wind's real because you can't see the wind, but you see the effect of it. Yep. Listen, when the wind blows, you can't see wind moving through air. You see the trees moving. You see flowers moving. You see flags flying. And you see the effect of wind. Just like when, when, when Stephen and, and Philip, I believe it was, it says they weren't educated men, but you could tell they had been with Jesus. Listen, something takes effect when you're filled up with the Holy Spirit and you have this power. You begin to look different and you take on the effect of what Jesus kind of looks like. All of a sudden, you look like joy. You look like love. You look like you have power and authority and an anointing to cast out demons and to raise the sick and raise the dead and, and to heal the leopards and the lame. Listen, this is the end of Mark and the end of Matthew saying what our great commission is. You lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Like this is the, this is the commission and some of Jesus' last words should probably be some of our first priorities. Amen. But we're commissioned with this power of things that we can't even see, things that we can't even really comprehend, but we see the effect of it. So all of a sudden it says, you know, things that you may not see, but here, here's where I want to focus here. This verse, it says, the wind blows. Now, now let, me, let me get a, just a little deeper here with you. The Greek word in this context for wind is pneuma. It's the same exact word for the last word in that scripture. It says spirit. They're both pneuma. So it says the spirit blows where it wishes and you will hear the sound, but it cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So everyone is born of the spirit. Listen, let me, let me go a little deeper. So, so where in the, Greek, in the Greek translation here, pneuma, many times where you see breath or wind and spirit, it's the interchangeable word of pneuma. Let me go back old school with you. Let's go to the Hebrews. Genesis 2.7 says this. Genesis 2.7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living being. Now, now listen, this Hebrew word on the second breathe, the breath of life, on that breath, that word came from the word neshama, neshama. Okay, it came from that word. And, and that word means a couple different things, but one of them is also spirit. Listen, the same breath that Jesus breathed in the nostrils of Adam for his existence is the same breath he's wanting to breathe into us for the infilling and the propellation of a purpose of our destiny being filled with the Spirit. Are you connect, connecting these dots? The same breath that breathed into the nostrils, the 
spirit of life, when he breathed spirit into the nostrils, he came to life so that he could fulfill his purpose. It's the same spirit, it's the same word that's being poured out today that the spirit will fill us with purpose and life. It's the power of God. Otherwise, to be honest with you, we're just a shell. We're just matter taking up space. Let me, let me share one last story. Nicole's going to come up here in a second. I, uh, I worked with this guy, and he was, he was an agnostic. And, and we got into a lot of these debates, and, and um, I had just got saved, and it was just in ministry. And, and basically, we get into these discussions, like, is God real or not? What do you believe, and what do I believe? And I was trying my best just not to judge him, and just trying my best... To, to not cast stones and, and just to share my experiences and my story. And I found that in my, in my short walk with the Lord so far to be the most effective way. So we're sharing one day, and we're, we've talked for about four hours. We're going to bed. It's about midnight, and all of a sudden, um, we're laying in bed, and, and we kind of reached a point like, listen, we're just going to agree to disagree. I love you, man. I don't agree with your belief system. And, uh, but I appreciate you. And he kind of said the same thing. He's like, well, I just don't see where you're coming from and how all this works. And um, so anyways, we're laying in bed and I'm trying to get to sleep. And, and all of a sudden, this guy's like, you know, Aaron, you might be right. And, and I, I remember asking him that night, like, why didn't he believe in God? And I get to the root. A lot of times you just got to get to the root. A Christian had hurt him really bad. A Christian who was a very big hypocrite hurt him bad and pushed him totally away from God. It's the goodness of God that lead men to repentance. He just needed somebody to reveal the goodness of God. So we're laying in bed a little later, and he's like, Aaron, you know, you may be right. In my belief system, and with what I believe, if I die, there was no purpose of my life. He said, if I die, it's just nothing happens, nothing. So why did I exist in the first place? And And he simply said, I'm just matter taking up space. He says, in your belief system, you have purpose, you have significance, there's hope of something beyond this life. He's like, life is meaningful here in your belief system with your God. I said, yeah, man, you're, you're right. And it, and it stopped there, it ended there, and there were some other breakthroughs, and, and anyway, but listen, if, if we don't have the breath of life filling us up, filling us up, and especially with the power of the Holy Spirit, we're missing out. We got things missing in our tool belt that could be there. Like God's wanting to breathe life into this place. Nicole's going to come up and she's going to talk about the eagle. And, and it's amazing about the eagles mentioned 55 times in scripture. And, and it's amazing the importance of an eagle. And then we'll, we'll do some prophetic activation here. Okay. Yay. So I'm going to say something funny for a minute. When I was on my trip, they called me up to prophesy over me. And the prophetic word that two of them had over me was this. Yay, Nicole. I was like, oh my gosh, I say yay all the time. Anyway, so it was fun. That was not like really like this big prophetic word, but yet it was. So God knows me. Um, you know, if you, if you listen to Leif ever, he talks a lot about the eagle and just different things. And so he, he, he had spoke on that in Cuba the final session, I think we were there and just releasing the eagle and encouraging the people and things like that. Um, and so that was kind of in the back of my mind as Aaron and I were kind of talking about uh, uh, just the wind and what that looks like when you catch the wind stream and things like that. And I was just telling him about this. And, and so I kind of started looking into just a couple things about the eagle and just, you know, just to encourage you that, like, we could picture ourselves, 
you know, being that eagle and what that looks like. And the eagle um, is swift. The eagle mounts high in the air. At the end of first service, um, Amy Jackamit shared with me that the eagle actually uses the storm currents to rise up, right? That is so good. Utilizing and using the storm to rise above. And so that's what we're called to. The eagle is, uh, represents strength. It carries a heavy load. It sets its nest in high places. So, man, substitute nest for whatever that is for you. Set your mind in high places. Set your expectation in high places. And the eagle is a visionary. And so just as we were processing some of this and just the power of the eagle itself when it soars, it's just, it's soaring. It's not working hard. It's not trying to figure out where it's going. It's raising its wings and catching the wind. And it's just, it's such a great parallel for us. Like, we catch the wind, just like he was saying, catching the wind of the Holy Spirit, putting our wings up and just catching the wind and riding in that stream. And just, man, the release of how much, I don't know if the easier is the right word, but just the peace and the rest that comes as you are flying in that, in that stream rather than trying to keep up, you know? And the eaglet, when the eaglet's out of the nest, no matter what, it starts to maybe swoop down, but all of a sudden it realizes, wait a second, if I do this, I soar. So in those moments when we feel like, you know, like the eaglet takes its step of faith, you know, we, we are changing our mind to realize that as we step out in faith and raise our wings and just say, you know what, I don't know what this looks like, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm going to catch the wind, and then all of a sudden we start to soar. He's trusting, the baby is trusting that no matter what, in confidence, he'll start to soar. And then the last thing I want to say is um, this, just that, I don't know, it's something that's it's just good. It says, the father can fly faster than you can fall. So no matter what, even if you start to think that you're doing this, the father comes in and whoo, brings us back up. And so there's just this, this thing that's so powerful about us saying, you know what? I am an eagle. I will catch the wind. I am going to ride in the wind stream of heaven and the Holy Spirit. Would you put the picture? There's a picture. This just doesn't capture the whole thing, and I wish I had the video, but you can kind of see this. This was a room probably of like 350 Cubans, and then our team was in there, and it was just like releasing the eagles. That was these, these people that realized that as they took up their wings and said, I am riding on this stream, this stream of the Holy Spirit, they could conquer their nation. They could win their nation. These people, what does it look like if we shift our mindset to know that I am able to, to rule and reign in heavenly places because I'm on the wind stream of the Holy Spirit. I'm just following that. And that's what, this is just such huge breakthrough in that atmosphere. Joy and just rejoicing. And it was just like this mindset shift of wait, I'm not flopping down here anymore. I'm actually, and they were just all over the place. So I just want to release that over you today. And so would you just stand? And we're going to just do this with them. I don't believe that every time something happens in another nation that we have to bring it back and do it here. Or we go to a conference, we have to bring it back and do it here. But we can take value that happened in other places and say, you know what, this would be beneficial here. And I just think there's something that's just so powerful about this. And so would you just, if you don't feel weird about it, just declare that I am an eagle. And we're just going to take them and I'll pray over you as we just vision ourselves being an eagle. And so God, 
We just thank you that today we say that we are eagles. We put our wings out. We fly in swiftness on the streams and the winds of the Holy Spirit. God, we mount high in the air. (laughs) As we flow in this wind of heaven, God, we have a strength that can carry any sort of heavy load. We set ourselves in high places, Lord, just knowing that that is what you call us to, God. We thank you that you open our eyes, that we're we're visionaries. And no matter what storm comes our way, Lord, we just say that we choose to rise above it and allow that storm to carry us higher to the next level, to the next thing, to the next place, to the next person. (laughs) We just say that today is the day we declare that we are catching your wind. We're catching the wind and we're soaring. We just release peace, rest. Thank you, God, that we are eagles who conquer. And we just see from heavenly spaces and places. <laughs>